I'm Nicole Tamron. I'm a watercolor artist and introvert who ironically loves to talk shop. One thing I know is that no matter where we are in our creative journeys, we all have something to teach as well as room to learn because there's no one singular path when it comes to doing art. And hearing the stories of others are truly what allow us to get out there and tell our own. Join me as I reconnect with industry friends for real talk about art, business, and all the life that happens in between. Sometimes I get so excited reconnecting with a friend of mine that we jump right into the conversation. But this week, I'm thrilled to have licensing artist and newly app developer, my friend, Kate Pittner. I think one of the best things, too, is I really enjoy hearing people's stories because it, it sort of makes me feel a little better, too, especially because I think I've, I've heard you talk about, too, where we're all a little bit on the introverted side. We yeah tend to work. I mean, that's kind of the nature of our business. Anyway, we tend to be very, um, I don't know, I, I tend to be boxed in sometimes I'll just get very myopic and very focused. And it, it encourages me to hear other people's stories. And it sort of makes me feel better because I can connect in different ways with different people. I'll be like, Oh my gosh, they're going through that too. Or, Oh my gosh, they have that struggle too. And it just makes me feel so good. So, cause I mean, being an artist is a rough road. It's, it's not an easy thing to do as we all know. And it's just, it sometimes can be lonely. It can be super exciting. It can be scary. It's, it's kind of the whole works. So I enjoy it. And I think that your podcast, I used to love Tara so much and and Monica's as well. And it was, it was funny too, because back in that day, what was it? I think it was like, did she start in like 2005 or 2006? It was, it was before I, I know the timeline. I don't in that. know. I, I can't remember. I should, uh, yeah, I should ask. I her, found but, uh, her. I mean, I found her in 2010. So she was already up okay. and running and had a whole thing. And, you know, it was just uh, lots for me to dive into. Yeah. Well, I bought her I remember buying her. So Terry Conrad and I um, were friends and Terry was already in the licensing world. And um, she's the one who kind of talked to me a little bit about what is this? You know, I've been, what is this thing? (laughs) Yeah. Doing art. And I think you talked about it in that one of your episodes that was about your journey and I had been doing my art, but I had no idea how you went from working individually with a client where I would do the art for them to and then I basically just gave them the art the art was for them yeah. and it was their 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 product okay this um, is such a how- random thing though but what what were you doing because I've seen you on this whole other side I mean granted peripherally but what was your like where were you when you were starting to look at the licensing side of things like what was it graphic design was it illustration was it a mix because you've always had like this multi-brain <laughs> thing going on so like what kind of creative art? I mean, I'm a schizophrenic and I'm like all over the map. Yes, <laughs> that is what I am. <laughs> You're a multi-passionate creative. That's schizophrenic. <laughs> You're fine. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'm trying to think. So when I, um, when I, when I was little, so this is kind of full circle for me because yeah. when I was like seven and eight years old, I wanted to be, um, I wanted to be a children's book illustrator and I wanted to have my own greeting card line. And I, I decided to just create my own greeting cards called Katie cards. And I had my, I designed my logo before I designed any cards. You know, I had like the whole thing. As I had any good business owner should. Right. I designed right? them. I have Get the that branding. branding in order. 
totally. I had the branding down. It was solid. And I, um, I used to sit at my little card table. I had my office supplies because I've always really loved office supplies. So I had, you know, everything nice and orderly, which my office doesn't reflect that currently, but, um, it was, it was so funny because then I'd make cards and I would box the cards up and give them as gifts and sell them. If anyone, you know, my, my family was the only purchasers of my cards, but anyway, that was my dream. And so I, I kind of went on, I didn't really do anything beyond that. So there was a big gap. And then I went to college and, and my parents were lovely, wonderful, supportive, always supported my art, but, um, they were science and very science-minded people. So I was this rogue element in our family that they were all very, very creative people. So it's funny, my dad actually was a really great artist, um, but he was uh, like, had three PhDs and, you know, he just, the guy's brilliant. And he was a scientist, a genetic engineer. My mom was a dietitian. My sister's a speech therapist. My, but they're all very creative too, but they always had this basically real job back <laughs> backup plan <laughs> and I was like well art <laughs> did so, you did you like always do that because I know you're like oh there's this big gap but I mean was this a thing that was yeah. I mean I don't think it came out of the blue that you're just like oh college art like I don't know oh no I did art through school yeah all all the time always doing art classes um I was just always in art. I was always doing art competitions, or, but I really truly didn't know you can make a career of it. Yeah. I, I, or I didn't know I could make a career Similar. of it. I should say. Yeah, absolutely. I saw people that were artists that had their jobs and a lot of it was incorrect too, where you only maybe learn fine artists that have it, but there's one in, you know, 8,000 that can make a living out of that. And, um, so I just, I don't know, I just, and, and because my parents weren't in that world, it wasn't something, and we didn't have the internet back then, because I'm old, and, um, and seasoned. so, <laughs> seasoned, Kate, Not we're old. seasoned, <laughs> <laughs> and so we didn't, I didn't, the world wasn't as big, and I, yeah. I love that now, there's so much, I think kids today, I'm so encouraged by the fact that they see opportunity so much more readily than I did at a young age. Yeah. So I'm grateful for that. Sometimes opportunity and also possibility. Yeah. Which yeah. is really what gets your years going, if you think about it. Yeah. And connectivity. Connectivity is so, because um, I mean, just this, what we're doing right now wouldn't have been possible, right? When right. I was in my 20s or even, you know, certainly my teens. So yeah, so I always was doing art. I just didn't know I could make a career of it. So, and then I remember my dad saying, oh, I think it's so great. Um, and my parents both saying they love my art and, you know, I would have paintings and they'd put my paintings up and everything was always so supportive. But um, I remember my dad going, well, what are you going to, you know, what do you want to major in? And I'm like, what are you going to do? And so <laughs> That's I, nice. But what do you think you're going to do with that? <laughs> right. So I was a writer too. So I, I, um, was, uh, ran the journalist, uh, the newspaper at my high school. And so I thought, Oh, I'll go into journalism. I'm going to be a journalist and I, I'm going to be the next Barbara Walters. You know, I had like all these visions of myself, always a bit grandiose, but, um, I, and I did, I won a bunch of awards for journalism and I went off to to college to study journalism. And I, the very first um, month they were having us be in front of the camera to basically get us starting to be familiar in front of the camera. Cause 
in, in this particular journalist class. And it was, it was a beginning journalism, but I quickly realized that's not going to be my jam. So I, I went into what I thought was a career path that was actually a job in art and that was interior design. So, and that was back in the mid, uh, let's see, 87, like nineties. It was like the, um, yeah, early nineties. So it was when interior design was kind of booming and, and, and you were seeing magazines everywhere. It was very flashy and, um, and I loved it. And so I studied interior design and that's, I got an environmental design. I was going to be an architect then because again I thought oh maybe I need to do the little bit edgier like step up to interior design I don't know I was always in my head like it wasn't going to be enough to support myself and um but that's where I journeyed into my college years so I wasn't I would take art classes here and there but I didn't I didn't um really I, I kind of lost a little bit of that edge until after I got married and um decided I wanted to go back to doing greeting cards. So then I started Katie cards again. <laughs> it was this random leap. And Wait so I did... so you really did go down that full road and professionally like launched in this completely different way. And then just were like, heck, I'm, I'm just picking yeah. it up. I burned out after my college, after I graduated, I had this great internship but my husband, um, I was up in Northern California and my husband got a job in the entertainment industry down in LA here. And, or at the time we were engaged. So I'm like, well, I'm moving. And they offered me a job. My internship did. And I thought, well, I'm getting married. So, you know, that's, that's not going to happen. So I moved down here and we, I didn't have all the connections and I just decided I'm burnt out. And I don't think I really want to work in this because I just, I don't know, it had run its course for me doing commercial interior design and um, even didn't want to go back to school to, to get a full architecture degree. So I thought, all right, I'm just going to, I'm going to figure this out. I'll do set design. So then I thought, oh, I'll do set design because I'm in the entertainment industry world already. Didn't end up doing that. Started working for a writer's agent and um, worked then for an executive producer and feature films and kind of thought, oh, I'll go into marketing for that. And I did a little bit of stint on that in some um, capacity for some of the TV shows of the day. And then, um, yeah, and then I decided I really needed to do this other thing. I needed to keep, I, I missed art. I, I could tell it was, it, it was something in my soul. I'd been kind of too much lapse between creating art and actually doing it. So I started doing my cards again and I had some kind of influential clients because of my work in the entertainment industry. So they would hire me to do their wedding invitations or their um, Christmas cards. I got really big doing Christmas cards. It was funny. They were all hand done. Oh my gosh. It was so labor intensive and exhausting, <laughs> but that's, that was uh, kind of my re-entry into the art world. And then from there, I just kind of started to kind of put my feelers out but I was always just doing my own thing so I yeah I'm, I'm all over the map that's the schizophrenia I was talking about right <laughs> I don't even know that it's that like I always look at it as like different visual problems to solve and when you have that skill set it's just like I yeah. don't know you put anything in front of you and you're gonna do it well like I always remember even just down to like 
oh, you need a PTA flyer? Well, you're going to get a fully rendered, <laughs> yes. like, like, it's almost like you have one speed, right? Like, and it's not so much that we don't all need to make livings and stuff, but I think it's really like anything can get plopped in front of you. And it's like those creative wheels just start to go. And so, yeah, whether that's physical or if it's like a digital thing or it's design or it's like interior space, or it's just what, I mean, that's why this is such a funny thing because actually you just mentioned like 17 things and honestly, any one of them could have been a whole situation. Yeah. Like, I don't know what situation, but like, I always think that like, I'm like, how many sliding door moments have I had over the years of like, I mean, yes, like I could be a party planner or invitations or custom, like, deli- like there's just these ways that we think about things that is 100% something that you could package and monetize and build a business on. But for whatever reason, you kind of don't. And I don't know if that's like our own, like internal just recognition that it's just, it's a fun thing to try, but maybe that's not the longer plan. And, you know, I don't know if I'm just telling myself this (laughs) because there's so many things I thought, well, I could have done that. What was I doing? But you know, it's just, it is life and life meanders and we find ourselves in all these different places. And you know, so, okay. So what was it that didn't make you the world renowned go to celebrity invitation and Christmas <laughs> card designer? Like, was there something that sent you in a like a slightly different direction? Well, I pigeonholed myself because I hand did every single one. And so, individually. Yes. Like if I, someone well, had an invitation, like a hundred invitations are going out, you're doing them by hand. I was hand coloring. So I did the design, I penned in, inked in the design, had that um, printed on nice cardstock. And then I would hand color in. And I remember doing this one um, person's baby, is baby announcement. And <laughs> I thought I was going to die, but it, it was like 250. And I was sitting there all hours of the night, hand coloring. I thought, what was I thinking? I there had what what was I thinking (laughs) and it was and of course I did not charge enough because I had no clue what to charge and so I it was such a negative you know (laughs) situation I I lost so much money just on my pure time but what it did is I I mean I look at everything and it taught me every single step was an incremental little learning. I I apparently have to learn slow and in increments. That's my, my way of learning. I'm envious of people that kind of get it the first time and maybe bypass some of these little steps. Who are these people? Can we make friends with them? I feel like other people. (laughs) Everyone but us. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So, so yeah, I would just say, I would, oh my goodness, that was such a, that was a hurdle. That was rough, but you know what? I, I did that for probably five years. It was, wow. and then I finally thought I can't, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> and, um, and then I had, uh, my first son, I have two boys and I realized quickly. And we also moved We at the time we were living at the beach and we moved, um, where we could afford to buy a house. <laughs> and so we moved inland a little bit and, um, it was like, everything kind of shifted. My perspective shifted being a mom and, like you were saying, it's so funny. I kind of channeled my energy into, because I was, my husband's career is very time consuming. He's, especially back then, um, he was just never home. So I, it was me. I had to, yeah. I couldn't really do a lot. So I needed a job where I could work from home. And so when the kids were at school, 
I could do my own work. And that was when I, um, but, but what you were saying too, I was the best PTA person ever <laughs> because they had the most gorgeous invitations and I didn't hand do them by then. I learned how to print, <laughs> got a little wiser. And then, um, and then I started an art program at the school. So my friend and I ran the art program because, you know, budgets were being cut everywhere for art programs. So we started this really awesome program that is was still thriving not too long ago. I don't know if it's still running, but, um, and then I got a job at another school as the art teacher at that school. So I was doing that plus doing my own stuff on the side, trying to figure it out. But one of the things was, um, and that's why I was saying, I think this is around, uh, it must've been at 2007. Um, I was, I was really going, well, I see greeting cards and I see wrapping paper and fabric or it's like how do they get that stuff on there I could do that you know like how do you do that and I had no idea what licensing was and so I don't I think somebody had told me and it might have been Terry at the time because I had met her our kids had gone to school together wait a minute and, your uh, kids went to school together yeah you yeah met another but, creative mom that was the random thing when Terry and I I don't even know how I met Terry um but yeah, so it was so random, but we, um, we, uh, she had been telling me, and I think because she knew I was a creative person and we kind of had similar things, she was really encouraging about how, and explaining about how the licensing world works. And Tara had just come out with an ebook. So Tara Reed had just come out with an ebook and I bought that book and I devoured it. I was like, what? This is nuts. I can't believe this. This (laughs) This is how, this is how it works. And I couldn't quite figure, it was almost like, wait, so they're leasing my art. They don't own it. Like I couldn't wrap my head around the fact that oh, I don't have to give up everything I create. I, I own it. Like it was such a, I don't know, blind, mind blowing thing that I, I, I couldn't get over. And then Surtex, I'm like, Surtex, what Surtex? And of course I'm in California. So kind of for me to come into Surtex was a big deal. Oh, but totally. um, yeah, I, I, cause I have to tell you Surtex and I don't discount the fact that it's still a really big deal, but I will tell you one of the reasons I was personally able to mentally get around that is that because I'm a very scared individual, I don't take chances very lately. And I definitely could not see myself getting on a plane as my first like entree, but Surtex is drivable for me. So again, when you talk about like what's possible and picturing that, I felt like it was oddly doable where yeah. coming from, that's a whole situation to go to Surtex, which is like, I don't even know. Did you feel like that that was a hurdle for you at all? Well, so I knew I wanted to, cause then I was listening to Tara's, um, yeah. Tara's call-ins and, and just for and everyone I, that's new to this, because Kate and I have yes. been hanging in this world, we would get a, first of all, we're just going to pay homage to Tara for the genius the that this Tara was, <laughs> but yes, the great Tara Reed, who by the way, was a marketing person, which I also just love about her. But she mm-hmm. had this thing where we would get a date and a time and you would call a phone number and you would listen to the a live conversation. Time. And it was the best, most informative education ever. Like ever. I just loved it. 
It was. And what it got me to think about was I needed an agent. I knew for me, I couldn't represent myself. And I knew I needed an agent. And because I, I just am not that kind of person. I couldn't do it. I knew that about myself. And I wanted one who represented at Surtex. So I did this research and then my sister and I flew to New York and walked the show back in the days when you could do that relatively easy, because I think they've made it kind of hard now to walk the show. Um, they've made it but harder, but it's because it's small. And actually now it's not even in the same building. So, oh, okay. It's, it's, small. Not, it's, it's very it's, small this year. Is but. it with the, what is it? The, the, what is it? The national greeting? What's no. the other? Yeah, no. All it's those not lovely that. partnerships, they're not really happening now. So we'll see. Surtex oh. is back for its first year. So I think okay. it's a let's wait and see situation. But I'm excited for the people that are exhibiting. I personally think that if you're going to, if you're going to do it, I still think this is a good year to do it because there's renewed interest. There's built up interest. There's the curiosity of, oh, it's been gone for two years and now it's back. Like, so I think it's going to be a really great, well-attended show. And this is the interesting thing about trade shows and the landscape changing is obviously trade shows are where I got my start, but I don't quite know. There's other, uh, there's other ways to do it. And there's other way people do business and it doesn't take away the doing business in person aspect. Actually, it's just that that show has had trouble navigating. I believe like, you know, when we were starting, there was an enormous expense. And I will tell you, I came after the heyday of licensing, right? Like I, that, that 2008 seems to be like a time when licensing <laughs> completely changed. I was unaware. I was unaware. That I was never saw it. So that there were here I started. So I'm with you on that because I have been listening to and all of the amazing. I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel like this is this is the answer to everything I've been wondering about. Yeah, it's like the gold I, at the end of the rainbow. You're like, I just have to get on the rainbow. Okay, sign yeah. up. And so <laughs> I I I got an agent. Literally, I think 2008, and then it just tanked. <laughs> everything. Oh my gosh. So wait, when did you walk? Did you walk before you walked before signing with your agent or no? I did. I walked before just to walk it, just to kind of get a feel for it. And I actually met Tara, um, which I was all like starstruck, which is funny to me because now we're friends and, and it, it just cracks me up because when I'm texting, I'll text her or something. I'm like, you know, there was a day when I was like, so in awe. <laughs> you know? Can I tell you, I was, there was a day that I refused to talk to Tara because I didn't want to be one of her people. Like, I don't, I don't want to call it groupies in a negative way, but she would always be so flooded with like people at her booth. So, so I, my very first show, I knew I saw her. And then I was like, I am just not going to approach because I'm that person. I have a lot of problem approaching people for some reason. And then one day, I don't even remember when this was, she just showed up at my booth next to me and like started talking to me. And I was like, that's Tara <laughs> Reed, like Tara Reed. And then like, we were having lunch one time. I just thought, how did this happen? Like, how did this happen? This woman completely like was yeah. my education. And, yeah. you know, of course, later in life, I have thanked her for that in the appropriate way. But I just was like, this is wild. Like, when did yeah. this person become like, she's still a mentor to me and, but she's also a peer and like, how insane is that? And how it's pretty mind blowing to me, but yes, I had all of those same feelings of just like, <laughs> like, I am not a person and see you would speak to this better, but I'm just not a 
So I can't, I'm not starstruck very often, but yes, walking Sir text to me, I was starstruck because here's all these people I'm learning from their blogs and they're doing this crazy thing. And I was just so overwhelmed with like, not worthy. Yeah. Like I'm just not worthy. <laughs> it was just oh, such a riot. I had such imposter syndrome. I was like, who am I? Oh my gosh. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know any of this stuff. And I, and I kind of just would be, I don't know. I I'm with you on that. And I, I think, I think it's really comforting to hear stories like you've had with other artists talk about the imposter syndrome they've had too, because that is such an important thing to, to just let go of and know Mm. all have it we all do. I, I don't know a single other artist, really anyone in any career. <laughs> we all feel like we're an imposter for a little while. And even I to this still do. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't think you outgrow it. Do you? Oh my gosh. I started all this new stuff that I am. I feel like I've just started from the ground up yeah. again. Like yeah. it's imposter syndromes all over the place. So yeah. No, I totally with- get that. So when you walked at Surtex, I was very curious because you mentioned like you knew you wanted an agent and then you said, you did research. I don't even know what that meant back then. Like, was part of that going, did you meet her at Certex or did you see her at Certex or how did you find your agent? No, I did not meet her there. What I did do is I went on the list um, on the website for Certex and I found out all the agents that were going to be sitting there. So I just made a list and then I went to their websites and kind of did a little research to see who they represented. It was a lot slower back then because it yeah. wasn't as available. And, However, uh, I would, I still think that's the best advice, but you just said that right now, today, 2000, what are we in? 23. Yes. Go look at the list, see who's going at the place that you want to be. Like, what does that yeah. mean? See where you want to go, figure out who's there. And then individually, yes, yes. You as the artist check at every single one of those, because as just like you said, there's going to be some that are a great fit. And there's some that are not at all. It's almost like, did you think to look at my website and where this, where I work? Because I don't think that, yeah, I think that people do think it's a lot easier and shortcutted now, but I don't think it actually is. I think you still have to do that real, like pound the pavement research, get out of just what you want and think about where you fit. That's a very different thought process. And maybe we've grown out of that level of thinking, but I think it takes that exact thing that you just said from when you were doing that without all the resources to have success today. And so I love that you like, that's to me, that, that would be my advice. Literally what you just said there. (laughs) Well, and I, I got lucky because it was, um, it was, it was really great to have that list because it gave me power again too. It was sort of like this unknown thing that I felt I had no control over. Suddenly I could control a little bit of it. You know, it was just me making my list and then going and addressing and emailing and contacting those agents and seeing if they were, you know, accepting portfolios and yeah, whatever. It just, and then I remember when I got the reply from my agent and I was so excited. I thought, oh my gosh, it happened. But then I, I literally think the world imploded. It was the big um, recession. It was 2008. And I thought, and everything just kind of shut down for a little while. So that's, it sounds like you kind of entered about the same time as I did. No, I didn't even know what was going on. I was, I was so, I'm actually, I always am very I'm blissfully unaware of what it was because I think what it was 
And, you know, again, this is all hearsay, but I, I love, you know me, I love those hearsay and I love asking the questions and the stories, but there really was a time that you could show up to Surtex and get a deal and have that pay for, I mean, let's be frank, not even just your show. It was like a chunk because things stayed on the, the shelves longer. And so one yeah. deal was like, you were having art placement in a retail capacity for like, you know, and I want to go with years sometimes. It wasn't just like months, it was years and there was less of that. And so, yeah, it, it was, I'm, I always think sometimes it's like good that I didn't have that comparison point because, you know, it's a really hard, it's a really hard key to turn and to have that be the comparison. This is why I, and I lovingly, and I don't mean vets in like that older way. I mean, vets in that experience way, the people who are vets that have survived that whole 2008, and this is why you know they love what they do, is that it is not the same payout that it used to be. And if you've experienced that other payout, the fact that you can get up every day and continue to make this work and to do what you do with just as much energy and just as much passion and, and just like you genuinely love what you do, because not to say that we're not like we all need financial but there's something more to it. If you've been able to weather this industry, that's all I know, because there's just yeah. some people that they're just wired in that it's really a fit for them. It's not a, you know, so yes, it may not be those old contracts, but that's obviously not enough to like, let you move on to other things. So I, yeah, I, I did miss all that. And Oh my gosh. I don't know how I would compare, you know, like everything's, I have that internal thing where I always want to do better than like, I don't know what it is, but you always just want to like level up that little bit. And yeah, I don't know if my psyche could handle, I question that now I'm always like, Oh no. Like when I lose a contract or I have sales go down, it doesn't matter. Sales are up somewhere else. I'm always just like, Oh, I, I need to be better. Like, I don't like to have, I don't like to go backwards. I think that's just like an instinct of mine. So I can't imagine going through that. And I do wonder how that's been for people because I, again, I missed it. I missed it completely. Well, well, I missed it by a thread. So I didn't ever have the big payouts like artists. I didn't know we're doing great. And I thought that was what I was going into. I'm like, yes, I made it. <laughs> so, but it, what it did do was make me realize, like you were saying, I want to do this. I I'm passionate about this. So if I'm passionate about it and I'm still just like pounding the pavement, I'm putting out collection after collection after collection and just hoping something sticks one of these times, you know, and then you get one little uh, contract and I'm like, yes. And, and it's this teeny tiny thing that, you know, doesn't last that long, but it's still exciting and you get your sample boxes and it's so great. And I had a whole Christmas line of, um, of stuff from one manufacturer and it was so exciting to get that box and and those kind of payoffs that just fueled it for the next yeah. you know 18,000 collections I put out so. I know someone said that we're like addicts like it's that little fix it's like you think you're you're like I'm out I'm never doing it again and then you get like the bump and you're just like oh my gosh yes I'm I'm, I'm in I'm right. in again but I was like yeah it's it's somewhere beneath I don't know addiction gambling I don't know but it's sort of like <laughs> kind of tickles a bunch of little things that probably are just totally strange and a little bit crazy but yeah I agree I think it's those little like there aren't a lot of big wins in it which is hard but it's kind of like there's some little ones and then there's but yeah there's there's always something that makes you think well there's something around the other corner 
and you never really know what's down the road. And I think that that's one of the magic parts of licensing really is that because to your point, we're not making artwork that is done when we complete a project or an assignment, it, there's a possibility that it has in terms of like new life or different life that just, we haven't kind of encountered yet. So there's a little bit more of feeling like you're building something that has possibility versus you did something and it flopped because I've had things get cut. I've had things that I thought right, that were sampled and they never go to market. And so, yeah. you know, unfortunately what that actually has done is taken away a little bit of the, the wins in a weird way. Cause now there doesn't actually, to me, I don't feel like there's an appropriate time to celebrate, which is really an odd feeling because you think, gosh, like if I'm a very sick, I like those we all do. We like those feelings of success and like we're getting places, right. but now if you never know when you're at a win, like, <laughs> yes. uh, what, what do you do with that? Like, what do you do? Like when, when is yeah. it appropriate? It's like, Oh, yeah. I've been here before. Yeah. No, that's not cool. Good job on yeah. that contract. Oh, that might not make anything. Like, I don't know if that's just my, I'm trying to protect myself. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to become a complete cynic, but you're right. Right. It's hard, it's hard to not like let yourself get too excited you want to kind of protect yourself a little bit, but yeah. Well, it, it's funny because I, I decided at one point I want to do fabric. Like I really wanted to get really good at fabric and repeat pattern design. And so I, oh gosh, I can't even remember. I think it's, um, oh goodness, I can't, I'm blanking on the name of her website, but there was a person that had a tutorial on how to do a, a repeat pattern. And, um, and I, took that class over and over. It was like an online one that I purchased and I could watch it over and over and over again. And I got really tight with it, at least for Photoshop. And then I had to kind of redo it all over again when I wanted to Illustrator. But, um, but that got me another avenue of income. Cause I was going to say one of the big things, I think it's so important for artists to remember is having multiple streams of income is a really good gig because like you said, with licensing, you can sign a contract, but you will not see anything for three years sometimes or, or, you know, whenever. And, and it is so sometimes it's a little discouraging because you'll get your contract, but then you have to wait so long. So if you have enough of those and you've done it a while, then obviously the payouts are kind of flowing in, but it takes so long to get there. It can be really kind of a letdown. So I decided, you know, I need to have other streams of income. So I started doing textile design and for um, a friend of mine's textile business, and she works in the hospitality industry. So all of the, um, whenever a hotel or a restaurant wants to renovate or redo their whole layout, um, they will hire her. And when they want it custom, she hires me. So then I get to do all these random things I can't talk about any of them because they're all proprietary to the to the hotel or to the restaurant so I can't like post what I'm doing but it's um but it taught me that other step kind of taught me how to kind of keep pushing my craft basically so that getting more complicated in my textile design getting more complicated um in working like how to work with clients and using um different materials and substrates and learning how the printing processes go like all these things it's been such a it's such a journey and i guess that's my point is is keeping yourself open for all the possibilities that could come your way because sometimes i know um when i started out doing art i was always 
painting. I painted, I used my Prisma pens. I had my pencils. I had, I had, you know, like, oh, you don't want to do that. I want, I was a purist is what I'd like to think of myself. I'm a purist. But then you get into licensing and you're like, oh, I need to do this digitally, or at least I need to know how to manipulate it digitally. So I got to get really good at Photoshop and get really good at Illustrator. And um, now you got Procreate and whoever else. I mean, there's so many different things you could do. So keeping an open mind in the journey of an artist, I think is probably one of the best things you can do for yourself. It's thinking on your feet, but also that kind of goes back to the problem solving thing, which is that mm-hmm. all you need, and this is, I, Yes, there are industry standards, as we know, right? Where there's an industry standard-esque, but really it's it's really like, how do we get from A to B? And I don't know why, this is this is one of those things I, I would say like, these are my creative confections. I really don't care about process. And I don't know why that's always been, even though like people are, oh, I'd love to learn how to paint like you. And I'm like, I don't think I can show you that. Like, I just, I just don't even know that I pay attention enough. And so- because of that, nobody actually cares how you get to B. They just need to know that you've arrived at B at the time that you've told them yeah. you're going to be there. And, you know, with all the right parts that they're able to use them. But yeah, mm-hmm. I do think it's a real, just, I don't know. It's like, it is an exercise of just problem solving and using anything that's within your means to do it. Yeah. And so the more tools that you have at your disposal and the more things that, you're able to tie into that creative brain, which is really what it all comes down to. That's only going to age you. And actually, I love the kind of that you did end up because I think while we got, while we were meeting regularly, you were doing the textile stuff, and I always thought like how cool that was. Yeah, because I remember you working on things, and then she was taking them to New York. I thought for like a more trade event, and yes, like you had crazy like so many things. So much of Kate's life you cannot talk about. It's like super secretive. So. That's just in a very 007 artist place. Oh, but, not, but yeah, but not, even the fact that that brings in your original, you know, when you were in college and you are coming in, like it kind of ties that up oddly is like brings you it, back to the commercial side of yes. architecture. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of fun. Like all those things prep you for these being open for the ones that fit you, which I think yeah. is a very cool twist. I think you're right. That's always tripped me out too. Um, it was funny. There was a, I went with my friend, uh, we had a client project um, and, and Gensler is a big, um, a big, you know, design firm and they are huge. And I remember when I was in college, I thought, oh, well, that's going to be where I work. That's going to be it. And so we had our meeting, it was with a Gensler designer that we were doing this textile, this wall covering for. And so we went in to go have our meeting with them and I'm in the building and it's this gorgeous building in LA. And, um, and I realized suddenly how as much as this is gorgeous and these people are amazing and crazy talented, I am so happy I'm where I'm at. I could go home and do my work. I didn't have to go into the office. I thought, isn't that a weird full circle moment? That was a really weird one because much like with when I did my greeting cards when I was a little girl to like now to that in textiles and, you know, working in this firm, it was just such a, it's such an amazing circle how life can be. But it also is the stuff that's striking. And I think that this is what I always... I don't know if I'm just getting reflective at this age, but I do find that there's certain things that are kind of put in front of us to help almost spark the right path. And I've been thinking, so I'm teaching a class. I had a very full circle moment yesterday, which was 
Um, I've been, we've been doing these presentations at my school since I was a student and you'd gather alumni in and you'd hear them talk about what they were doing. And so I have gone from listening to those presentations to coming back as an alumni to, to do the presentations uh, to crashing uh, them with like my undergrad classes and now being there with my own seniors, listening to them. But one of the things I thought was so funny is that I definitely heard people talk about numerous things along that timeline, right? Or just in general, we hear people talk about things, but it's almost like we're not quite ready to go there with because we're not ready for the information. However, there's certain parts that get us on a track. Or for me, I know I was an ID major because in my mind, I wanted to make functional pieces of artwork. But when I got there, it really was not that. And so I ended up back in illustration, but then look at me today, what do we do? We're making functional pieces of artwork. I mean, it's just, it's the, it's like these weird twists. So it's almost like yeah. having that kind of spark, like, oh no, I want to get here, but then not really understanding exactly how you would get there and that it might be different than the way that you went into it thinking. So I always think of those, those little moments where our kind of like our psyche, our creativity is just like, it's sparked, but it's not the right one for us yet. And we just haven't figured it out yet. And it's like, you still have to walk down those really windy roads to get there. And that's, that's a very cool thing to walk into that same, almost like that old dream and realize, oh my gosh, I got here. And I'm so much happier with the way that I'm here versus yeah. that playing out, yeah. which that's crazy. Oh, I love that stuff. That was, yeah, it was a, it was a cool moment. And I thought, you know, it, like no, no disrespect at all for the people that work there. But for me, I was like, this is where I'm supposed to be, but I yeah. kind of am affiliated on this other way. So yeah, it's a trippy, it's a trippy thing when those moments happen, but like when you had it too, I mean, it, it's got to feel really good as a in teacher to kind of take what you're learning and seeing these younger kids or, or younger students in the process and see their journey and be able to kind of provide a little bit of comfort and ease and information to them. I mean, that has to feel great too. I don't know. I still feel like I'm figuring it out. I always tell them, like, I know I'm like crazy older than them, but I'll always say like, well, seriously, like in another couple months, you're going to be my illustration peer. Like we're not actually on that different of a road here, but yeah, it definitely is, is, is pretty wild to consider like I'm actually not in the same place. And that's the other thing that's always good for me. As much as I always feel like I'm floundering, because I do, I feel like I'm still figuring it out. I have not, as much as I've, I guess I've done, I still don't know what I'm doing. Every single day seems like it's a super hard challenge. And especially, <laughs> I don't know if it's just a licensing thing. I think it's all business is that there's mm -hmm. always a new challenge and there's always something new to figure out. And no day is the same, right? No, none of the days are the same. I wish they I, no, I don't wish they were at all. I just, I wish I felt like more in control of my ability to get through them. And I think that that's probably the thing that I guess is me having more of a handle of things is I just feel more equipped to solve the problem. I have no idea how to solve yet. That's the only difference. I don't think any of us go into this and just like, I am a pro. There we go. And I actually, the more I've talked to people, the more I realized and oddly clubhouse was a place that I figured this out really fast is that the most pro people don't have to be pro in front of you. Like they're totally willing to talk about this stuff. And like, it's not easy. They don't know. And I never have heard a single person that I have admired or respect their business model. I've never lost a single shred of that. In fact, it's always grown when I've heard them talk about 
the not shiny parts or like the parts where they weren't totally there. But then I will hear a person that is, you can literally hear, it's like they are unable, they can only speak to you as the expert. And I'm (laughs) always like, listen, dude, none of us are experts or all of us are experts. I mean, it's one or the other. It's not, it's like, but you're for sure not the expert over all of everyone else. Like it's just kind of a very interesting thing, but people who do not allow space for failure and for not being perfect, there's, there's something that's a huge hole in that and red flag. And and, yeah, I think I've been calling this my anti-podcast actually, because it's not really a sales pitch thing. Like, I don't know if you've seen these interviews and I absorb all of these interviews. I love interviews, but there's something about them that feels so salesy and polished. And I mean, I get it. It's online. We all need to be like not airing out dirty laundry every day, but I think there's just so much power in that connection and that piece of like, yeah, it's really hard sometimes, but everyone's like, but we still love it and we're still going. We're not having a little complain fest. It's just the idea that you can allow for the space of the unknown and the trying. And no matter what stage you get to, you're still in that same, that same process, which is what's so wild about talking to people at all stages of their journey is, you know, I had someone tell me very recently, actually, I think it was it was, it was my agent Kate. And she's like, Nicole, when, sometimes when you enter into something, you're, you're like the freshman and you're looking around and you're like, oh my gosh, everyone's like so amazing. And this and that. And she's like, I don't think you noticed it. You're a senior too now. And it's like, yes, maybe that's what it is. I don't realize it at all. Great way to word it. I thought it was so smart. Yeah. That's how it feels that you're right. And I 100% feel like, well, I feel like I keep I, I'm always going to be, I seem to always keep myself as a freshman yes. because I keep moving to different schools. Yes. And so, <laughs> <laughs> like you're starting over every time. <laughs> I never make it to senior year. I'm still kind of like maybe sophomore, but mm, I'm definitely not <laughs> senior yet. So <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's definitely a, a very interesting. And I, I do wonder a little bit if that is just creative process because I don't know that people love to know what they're doing on the creative end because it gets a little bit boring it's kind of like those invitations you were doing like after the invitation 75 you're like yeah all right I I had the experience I'm kind of ready to move on like that's kind of a thing right so right I wanted to ask you too because things like I said when we were getting together more regularly you were doing licensing and you were also doing the textile and I don't know that really you ever put these things down but what was your where did you find yourself in terms of that new income stream or new creative challenge is kind of where I'm looking at it as what did you add in after that so really I kind of have done licensing and then this other business doing the textiles um and wall covering for the hotels I've been doing that I still am doing that actually it's it's you know, I still am, I still do contract work for that, my friend. Um, and I still have my agent, um, because mm. I, I keep angling into other things. So, so about five years ago, I decided I really wanted to create this, this app. So that's the, the app that, that, um, I have now and, but it has been five years in the making. So I started thinking about it, thinking about it. There had been, um, one that had been out that I thought was super cool. And I thought, I'm an artist. I've been doing this art forever. I can make these designs. I can do this. So what and, was the app? Like, what, can you tell us what the app was that was yeah. sort of the spark and what the idea was that like beyond, so you had seen something and you're like, I can make a better mousetrap kind of a thing. 
pretty much. Um, not I'm going to borrow, I'm going to borrow from Shark Tank. I love Shark Tank, <laughs> but that's, that's a phrase. So you, so there was an app already. And what was that app yeah. for? So the app was called, um, I believe it was called Cardalina and it was this cute, uh, there's an artist up in Canada, I think British Columbia named Fiona. I can't remember her last name, but she's does beautiful work. She uses a lot of um, vintage elements. And oh, like ephemera? Yeah, uses ephemera and, and kind of collages them together. She's she's amazing. She does beautiful, beautiful work. And um, she had the idea to create these little back, backdrop postcards for text. And it was before, you know, there were, I think there were a few greeting card apps out, but apps weren't as big then. And, um, and so this was, this was actually longer than five years ago. This was probably 10 years ago or even more than that. Um, so she was one of the pioneers that did it. And I got the app, uh, uh, I, one of the artists, Cindy Ann did an ornament exchange. Did you do this? Ornament I did exchange? do an ornament exchange. Yes. I love that. <laughs> so Monica Lee was one of my, uh, people that I sent to. And, um, and it's, that's, that was another tie-in. We were talking about Monica Lee and it was, um, uh, gosh, who else? Anyway, it doesn't matter. One of the people I sent to had sent me a thank you for my ornament by this, this, uh, app. And I'm like, what's that? Oh my gosh, that's so cute. And so I went on and I saw, you know, it had, it had Cardalina or yeah, I'm pretty sure that's the name of it. Cardalina on the name of it. So I looked it up, got the app, I started using it and I loved it so much and I used it for years and years and years and she stopped supporting it. And, um, I think she just, you know, moved on to other things. So really, yeah. as I kept upgrading my phone, cause it, it was, it was an older type. It wasn't a server-based app. So it was the kind that the, all of the cards, everything lived on your phone. So oh, it was interesting. always available unless you upgraded your iOS and then it would either be supported or not be supported. And so about five years ago, um, it, I got a new phone and apparently that was the end. <laughs> so, cause I knew she wasn't doing it anymore, but it kept living on my phone. So I yeah. still had it until I couldn't anymore. And so I was really bummed and I thought, oh no, I, I need to make this because how hard can it be? It's an app. I mean, it can't be that hard. And so and a reminder for the kids in the back, it was an art, well, architecture slash interiors major, but not a math, not a tech, no, 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 no programming no. in there. No programming, no, no knowledge. I mean, I vaguely learned a little bit of Tara, Tara Reed and I had the same web person. So that's how Tara and I became friends. And oh, no way. And so uh, our web person, her name was Kim Beasley. She just yeah. passed a year and a half yeah. ago. Kim, um, Kim would, and Tara and I would laugh about it, but Kim would always kind of force us to learn how to do some of these things. And I'd be like, no, Kim, you can just do it for me, right? And she's like, nope, you're going to learn how to do this. She had this great way of talking real deadpan and no, and she used to, Tara and I laughed because she's like, you are being a child. You need to sit in the corner for a second. <laughs> you need to stop and you need to come up. You know, Tara and I would be like, Ugh. and so um, we missed Kim because she was an amazing woman, but um, she forced me to learn how to do websites. So I thought, oh, I can do some websites. It can even do a little bit of, you know, CSS code. And I felt like super smart about that until yeah, apps. No, it's, it's a whole 
another ball game. But, but that, um, that little pivot, I started uh, five years ago. So that's the next chapter of my life. So I've kind of, I still have art licensing. I still have my other work I do. So again, multiple streams of income, Absolutely. You alive. but, um, but I decided to during right before COVID, I finally was like, that's it. I'm doing it. I got to do that because I was working. Also, I, I also started doing marketing and branding for a franchise because I just always, when an opportunity presents itself, I'm like, sure, I'll do it. And right. I don't have any reason not to. So um, I decided quickly that wasn't my thing either. So I wanted to, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it for myself. So right. that was my uh, my journey into it. So right before COVID hit, and then when COVID hit, I was like, that's, I, I got to do this because I love this app. I think it's a great idea. People need to communicate, especially during that time when everyone was disconnected from each other. I thought there's got to be better ways we can do this. And so um, that was when the journey started for that next chapter of my art life. So that's so where can, I, I just have to go back. So if I'm not having any idea, so I'm an artist and I think I'm going to make an app. Like where did you just start? googling or did you have how did you even do this (laughs) totally started googling are you kidding and luckily I have a a neighbor who is a a game app designer developer and he um, Kate's convenience that was lucky for me because I was able to talk to him and he kind of mentored me because it's another language it was a whole new vernacular I had no idea I had no idea. I have no, I I don't even know how, like, how do you, how do you get things from, how do you get your art onto, like, what's the platform? What's like the back end of what is, what do you do? Like, how do you do this? And how do you make it do this? So I taught myself also Adobe XD. So one of the things my friend told me was you, if you need to hire a developer, because unless you want to learn how to code. And I thought briefly, I could do this. I could go to school. And then I thought that's going to take me like two years to become act. And then it's going to be, I'm going to be chasing technology. I, I need to just at one point say, I'm going to have to hire somebody. <laughs> so I thought he said, okay, you're going to have to hire somebody, but you want to make sure your vision is clear because tech people don't always see things the way an artist would too. I mean, they're, they're an artist in their own way. They're just, they're very, you know, and I can't see the way they see things. So, you know, it's really um, funny. Have you ever had that experience where you have like a friend or family member and they're just like, Oh, you're an artist. Can you do my branding as you were? And then you, what? like, I always have to say, like, you gotta, you gotta get it pretty, if you're going to hire someone. Right. And it's, it sounds like the same conversation, ironically to the tech people, you have to be a very clear with your vision so that that artist can take yeah. the package of what you're trying to say and then put it through so it comes out the way you are expecting it to look. So that's literally kind of what you're saying is yeah, like he's like, okay, Kate, yeah, that's cool, but you gotta have like yeah. you have to get all of your ducks in a row essentially before someone can even know how to work with them, which that's funny. That's a very parallel experience that I I mean I feel like I hear on the other end, which is kind yeah. of a riot because I don't think of like but you're right. Yeah. Also creative in their own right, but just a little bit different lane. So that's yeah. pretty interesting. So did you, so what was the process of getting your vision kind of in place? Cause you already had an app that you sort of loved parts and pieces of. So that's great but to have that. I didn't have any reference because it was, oh. gone. <laughs> <laughs> it was 
wasn't in the, it wasn't even available. I, I couldn't pull it up on my phone anymore. So I was like, okay, I think it looked like this. I think it looked like that. Or, you know, like all of a sudden I'm like, why didn't I take pictures or like, I don't know. It just, it was never something I, I guess maybe I'd never thought I would actually do it, yeah. but then I did do it. And so, uh, but what I learned, my friend helped me out was saying, you need to come up with a prototype. You need to make a prototype. I'm like a prototype. How the heck do I make a prototype? And so I did a bunch of Google research, right? You know, our favorite Google teacher and, um, and I have Adobe, you know, the whole suite. So I learned, uh, I watched about a hundred hours of tutorials on Adobe XD on how you create an interactive prototype for your app. And I, I did it. I like came up, I had my, I first did all my branding so that I was, I could do that one easily. I could come up with my branding, came up with my logo, started the whole trademarking of my logo process, the whole, you know, I got all that and going, and then I had to come up with a prototype. So I learned the Adobe XD came up with my prototype and then I had to do flow sheets. So I had to explain how I wanted the app to function and flow. And oh my goodness, it was, it was like so many sleepless nights. I'd wait, I would dream it, you know, and then wake up and go, oh, I need to learn how to, you know, I had to learn how to do a flow chart and oh my goodness, so many things, but that tool, those things, all of those steps that took me probably eight or 10 months and, um, to get all of those in line. And then, then I had to try to hunt down. Okay, so now I have all this. How do you find a developer? Yeah, like I, who? Who is that? <laughs> Obviously, your neighbor was not raising their hand for the job. He, he's a, he was deep into his own game, and he couldn't. Like that was the one thing, and he didn't. And he works with a lot of developers internationally, so overseas, which has been a real bummer for him too, because a lot of his coders were. Um, in in the Ukraine so it's been wow. hard to get because his his app just kind of dead stopped so I kind of knew I wanted someone plus my app was teeny tiny compared to yeah. his and his was very his, it was very complicated and so um I knew I wanted to probably find someone within the U.S. and you pay a little bit more um but I felt like then at least I know if the world goes crazy, and thankfully I was before all of that went ha went on, I would be okay. Um, and there's just some security knowing you're doing business with another person within the same country, you know, because you just have a little bit more control and power over your resources and what you can do. So I started talking to friends again, anyone, anyone I could put out. I'm like, hey, you know, anybody does app development and, you know, just throwing it out there to anyone who would listen. Everyone's to like, you get the side eye until you get the person that's like, oh yeah. <laughs> I literally couldn't find a single soul. And then uh, my one friend goes, oh, I run an after school program and we have kids learning coding. I'm like, oh, there's a part of me that thinks that's kind of good, but maybe the teacher, I don't know. <laughs> I kind of need, I need something a little more solid. I, I'm going to, I'm willing to invest some money here. Um, but I did have one friend who gave me a name of this one person um, and I worked with them for, that was, that was a rough go because it was about 10 months and they were going through issues of their own. It was so exciting at first. Everything seemed so hopeful and wonderful. And then, and then quickly I realized about halfway into it that they were kind of petering out and they had busy other things. And so I had to, 
I had to call it quits with them. And um, I was very discouraged. And then I finally found another one again. And, and that person was amazing. But literally that journey went from the first developer I hired was a year and a half ago. So my app should have been out like a year ago, but, um, but that person kind of flaked for about 10, 11 months. And then I, back in October, just this past October, I finally was like, okay, that we need to call it quits. This isn't working. And, and I was looking for another one. I found another developer and this guy was amazing. Amazing. I hired him in and I think he started November 1st of so just this last November. And he's like, we can have this out by Christmas. I'm like, what? Are you kidding? I thought, wow. you know, going to be forever. So he got me the first version. Unfortunately, I knew I only had him for a short window of time. And um, I didn't, I was hoping I could work a little bit longer with him. But, you know, that's the other thing is they're all freelancers. Yeah. They're and I, we don't know what life changes are happening and what twists and turns. So he got me to launch in December. And um, now I just hired my third developer now. And she is amazing. And I've, I'm doing uh, upgrades on it now. So I have version two coming out in probably May. So that would be incredible. Nice. And honestly, too, I, I just love, you know, that is so foreign to me, like the idea that you're going to go from, like, sometimes I always think, well, these are related, right? Like these are related industries and like my art can go here. I'm going to learn, but, but maybe it's not that unrelated. I think the biggest piece to me that feels so vastly different from some of these other creative ventures is it actually is putting you in a position where you stop becoming so much of like a solo person. And like, I mean, I know it's a small team, but it still is like you and another person. And how was that process for you? I mean, I guess you're working with your friend and companies and clients. We're all used to clients, but when the pro the end product requires another person, how has that been for you? Or does that feel like it's not that large of a step? So it's funny because it's very different with regard to my app. Um, it's very different because the the stuff that she's doing, I have no clue how to do. So I feel like there's, there's like a clear line, like almost like when we hand it to a manufacturer and then you're just like, okay, do what you're going to do until we see right. it again. Okay. Right. I'm still kind of overseeing it all. And that's, that part is, that part's pretty fun actually, because um, I can kind of dream this, my new developer is, is just awesome. So I can kind of go, oh, I think this would be really great. What do you think about this? And she'll give me her input because she's coming at it from, oh, this is what I would think yeah. would be. And then she actually knows what can be coded and done. So exactly. it, it's, it's been really fun to, to start. And again, I've only been working with her for about a month and a half now. So um, I'm excited. I'm really, really excited about this new, this new step. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping I don't have to have another developer because I, I'm hoping I'm, she sticks around for a while, but she's, you know, it, it's a, it's a really weird industry and um it's a hard one. I mean, it's, it's yeah. a hard one, but at the same time, I am loving the fact that I'm also learning. One of the things I went into working on this, um, saying to the developers is I want to know how to do the back end. I want to, so, you know, I want you to set it up for me, but I'd like to, you know, then have you teach me so I can do this. So, so I'm able to, I can do a design and upload it to my server. Yeah. 
which is ironic like don't you feel like that's that lesson from kim is like that's i'm gonna learn it and you're like i'm not i do i want to learn it do i need to learn it no but kim says yes and so therefore in this new (laughs) arena yeah that's i think that's very very cool if i hadn't had that experience with kim i absolutely would brave enough to even say that I would have been and and I I don't know that would have been very expensive too because it the hours and hours of inputting data in a database yeah like, I have to pay somebody to do that I would rather and I just like to know things I always feel like one of the important things in any business is to know every job of it whether you pay eventually for someone else to do a little bit of it that's great but I think it's important to know how all the hats fit and then and then you can you know, share with someone else down the road if you're so lucky as to be able to do that. Which is very interesting. I will tell you because um, that's how I feel too, especially with my journey, which is a little bit different. Like I started off knowing and in fact being animate that I did not want an agent because of, I don't know. I think it's because I didn't know. And I just wanted to make sure I knew because I was all of it was new. So just to be able to have a fuller understanding of what you're doing, but do you feel like that's a little bit in response to your, because your agent, I mean, you're still with the same agent. Am I correct? Yeah. You've had a very good working agent relationship if you're still together, because you know, these are all relationships and sometimes they can split. (laughs) So, because in licensing, you actually had a very different experience with that. Like you actually did hand over those hats before wearing them. And then in this later on in this, the app experience, you have a completely different perspective on it. So is there something that makes those different or is it just because they are different camps and you have a different investment in them at this point? I think the thing I love about, um, the thing I love about the app is it's, it's kind of all mine. I think that's the other thing is I, I, I have no problem working with people, but there's something about this. It's, it's been my brainchild. I've just kind of, and I can create the content. So, and I, and I can control the quality of my product. And that's one of the things I know in merchant in licensing, um, other manufacturers don't always put out the quality that I wished my art would be on, you know, and I can control the quality. Like I'm stickler for making sure everything is like, solid on my app and, and I can control it that I like the fact that I can control that. Um, and like some of the things that I'm doing now in my version two, I'm so excited about because it's really streamlining and it's stuff that I'm putting a lot of investment into doing it. And I don't know necessarily that other people really care as much, but for me, I'm like, this is going to make it so much easier. This is going to be streamlined. They're going to, you know, and I just feel like that's that kind of, I want to put good quality out there. And I like the fact that I have a little control. But I also Maybe- love too, that you are acknowledging that something has to go out when it's not quite ready, because I think that's something I've been thinking a lot about specifically with this, right? Cause you know, I, I kind of have a speed that I like to run on and same thing. Like, you know, if I could choose every little bit of all of the things I'm involved in, would they be different? Sure. But like, is that always possible? No. And I think what I'm realizing more and more is that just like you, you've had this idea for however long, and then 
you realize like, well, wait a minute, like now I'm going to be doing this. And so there, it, it, you do have to get that first version out to have it even yeah. be in existence. Right. And then you can go back yeah. in and fine tune and revise. And it's like, I mean, I'm assuming I don't write, but if I was reading, writing a book, same idea, you'd have to have that first, like that first time where you put a line in the sand and say, okay, now this is done. And then you go back and revise and you get it better. And I think that that's kind of a mark of, I don't know. I think that's a really, um, for me, it's a, it's a been a difficult thing to put things out when you know, it's not the way that you want it, but you're going to continue to work on it and to continue to make it better. And I think that that's, I give you so much credit for getting that out just to begin with, because it is so outside of like what I, when you started this thing and I was like, you made an app, like, like, what does that even mean? Like, I don't even know what that means. And so it's, it's such a huge mountain that you just think, oh my gosh. But like, I, I love that, you know, you're like, even today you're like, I did this, but it's not, it's not done and it wasn't perfect and it was hard to get there. And, you know, it's, it's a new challenge and it's a new challenge to solve. Yeah. And I think that's really very, very cool. And so I just wish oh. you so much luck with that. And I, I thank you for kind of taking us through that little journey. Cause here's the thing, you're just adding, you're not really like abandoning any parts of these, these roads. And this is the other thing that can get confusing for, I think for me and for everybody is this idea that, you know, we are, we're always evolving. We're always changing, but it doesn't mean you're abandoning your shells along the way. Right. Like yeah. we, we get bigger, better, different things. But so if it was the app, do you think the app's going to be your kind of focus for the next little bit here? Or do you feel like you already have something on your radar or something you want to try? <laughs> no, it's definitely, well, this is, it's going to take a while to build. I mean, yeah. I, apps, you don't get rich on quickly, <laughs> at all. You especially with the first part of it, which is yeah. the development part of it. Um, and so I look at this as definitely my angle. I, I kind of look at it as I'm creating a greeting card company. I, I love that's that. What, yeah. And I, it, that's where it kind of comes full circle to where I was when a little girl sitting in my bedroom, making my cards for everybody. Um, I feel like this is the full circle moment uh, a little on this chapter. And I'm really excited. I get so, ex in fact, I, I get so excited about designing for the cards and I've got this book this book right here every single person who has been using the app that I that are friends of mine that um I'm like hey tell me design ideas if you, you know what are some thoughts because I have so many categories I have to cover you know like I have yeah. so many things I want to put in there because there's just a million holidays from all over the world and different yeah. groups you can do and I love the idea that it's it's kind of so endless. I can just keep going here. And, and again, I love the idea that I can control this journey yeah. as long as I need to do so. so. Can I ask you though, because it is a, it is like a digital greeting card. And this is like, I guess a twofold question, but does like, does your licensing portfolio and your app that you're doing, are these almost kind of in sync in the way of, are you pulling from licensing portfolio for the app? And do you have new ideas from the app that will end up being in your licensing portfolio, AKA, will you have this whole additional greeting card portfolio going at some point? And, you know, again, different hat, you'll just design them a little bit differently, but that's kind of what we do. Or have, are they are they in tandem, I guess, or are they like, are you pulling one for the other? That's a very good question. So that was one of the conversations I had to have a lot of conversations with my IP attorney because there's, you know, I had to 
definitely be careful. Um, and, and I also talked to my agent too. So I said, you know, please don't put any of my art up for greeting cards, journals, stationery, because again, I, I'm doing this other business on my own in a separate. Is that a conflict of, um, where is the conflict between the app art and then greeting card stationery? Is there an overlap? It just, I don't want, I, I don't want to have my agent put my art out for stationery or greeting cards and then have them go, wait a minute. I'm seeing it on this app. Yeah. I see elements of that, or it's, you know, me there. So we have, I have to keep things separate. Um, but the art I have that can be used, it can be used for flags. It can be used for, you know, other things. So my agent is focusing on those, those categories. And then I focus on my other entity, my other business entity for the app in the greeting card kind of realm. And the art, I like, it's so funny. I have to go through, I have so many steps I have to go through. So every design I come up with, I have to write myself. So my attorney represents my my LLC. Um, and so she's written me up a licensing agreement that I- For yourself? License to my LLC. So, and I have to do this for every single piece of art that I am licensing to my to my entity <laughs> it's and and it's so confusing sometimes so every time I go to put new artwork in um the app like I just put a whole bunch of St. Patrick's Day designs in and I thought oh I didn't have time I was racing to try to get everything you know through the system through all of the 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 registering and for this and that to get it up onto the app. So I get it all done. And I thought, oh my gosh, I, I forgot to do the licensing agreement. So then I had to go and license it to myself. So it's just so a can lot you of- add an addendum? Is that like how that would work for every release? It's an addendum? It could be, but my attorney wants me to do things a very specific way. And I, I trust her so much that I just do it. <laughs> I'm just, I'm not asking questions. I'm just, I think that's fascinating. Actually, I really like that's, that's so interesting to me, like on, on multiple levels, but you know, again, the idea of it's all your art and you're licensing it from yourself is because we're all, I mean, at the root of it, licensing is all about what is where, and our entire business structure is based off of having those things, not, you know, confuse and yeah. overlap. And it's just, it's good practice is what it is. Like, I don't mean practices and practice makes perfect. It is just a good practice to have, to have things be very, very clean and neat and separate like that. And I think that's really, cause I was thinking, oh gosh, that must be so complimentary. And the way you described it is like, you literally have be created another client and it's almost yeah. like you have another licensing client that you manage while your portfolio of licensing is managed by your agent. And so that does create yeah. a, a different conversation. So that's, that's crazy. Oh, I love that. It's a journey and it's confusing. <laughs> I mean, if you're talking about creative journeys, yep, confusing, twisted all over the place, crossing paths. I think that's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Kate. I'm so glad that we got to connect too. And I I really, I'm going to definitely check in with you about this and hopefully I can have you back because the, the double side of this is that this is really about connecting with my creative community. And look, you know, you are very much part of me getting going and like having that idea of just getting to hear more as we kind of progress and and get together with people is just awesome. So thank you so much for doing this. Well, thank you so much. This was the best time. I enjoyed our talk so much and I would love to come back. So you just let me know. I, I had a lot of fun. 
I'm so glad you were able to join for today's chat. If you have a friend that you think would also enjoy some industry chatter and conversations about surface design, art licensing, as well as hearing from other creative business owners, please share this with them. At the end of the day, creativity, it takes community. I'm Nicole Tamron, and I look forward to reconnecting with you soon.